This is KZSU Stanford 90.1 FM. I am Pranjali and you are listening to Chai Time. Welcome to the show. Friends, a painting, a book, any piece of art is like a good friend. It gives you company, it soothes your soul, comforts you when needed and inspires you to do better always. As Pablo Picasso has said, art washes away from the soul the dust of everyday life. And friends, to me the people who write who paint who sing who dance all artists who can create are very dear very important but equally precious to me are the people who preserve who support the art and the artists and today we have one such distinguished guest on our show we all care about our homeland about our country about its culture about its art but some people go beyond the borders above the races and work hard to keep the art alive there and that is what professor david santan and his fellow board members do as part of ethnic art foundation in today's chai time we will talk about eaf and about the art form they are working for madhubani or as popularly known as mithila paintings stay tuned but here is one that stands apart for a very special reason this one has the potential to save lives it's matchingdonors.com matchingdonors.com links organ donors with people in need of a transplant In the US, 19 people die each day waiting for an organ transplant, most for kidneys. If you've ever considered becoming a living organ donor or if you're in need of an organ transplant, visit matchingdonors.com, giving the gift of life. Teach for America is a national core of outstanding recent college graduates and professionals who commit to teaching for 2 years in urban and rural public schools across our nation. These young teachers work diligently to ensure that students in our country's lowest income communities are given the same educational opportunities as those in higher income areas. If you're a college senior interested in becoming a part of this core or if you would like to help support this effort, visit www.teachforamerica.org. Welcome to our show David. How are you today? I'm very well and pleased to be here. Yeah, thank you so much that on a Sunday you're here talking to us and I'm honored to be in your company. So, we are here to talk about Mithila art and about the whole uh process, the journey. But before that, I really want to know about the EAF, the foundation. How did it start and what are its goals? The foundation actually began in 1980 as a formal 501c3 IRS approved foundation. Uh, the uh, impetus for it began in 1977, uh, three years earlier, when a fellow who had been a classmate of mine at graduate school at the University of Chicago appeared at my house in New York City at that time uh, with a bundle of paintings under his arm, mm-hmm. uh, which he had just bought and brought from Madhubani uh, in Bihar, uh, and that he had fallen in love with. and when i saw them i fell in love with them they had been on the walls for at least 700 years but it was only in the late 1960s thanks to pupil jaiker mm-hmm. uh, who sent an artist to madhubani to suggest to the women that they could take these paintings off the walls or not off not remove them from the walls but take the same images and put them on paper to sell because at that time there was a severe drought in north india so she thought well maybe the women could take their paintings and sell the paintings and that would make it provide income for the families yes. and this friend of mine his name was raymond owens uh, was working in that area doing research on water issues or so he thought 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but when he got there, he saw these fantastic paintings, and he changed this topic entirely to work entirely on the paintings instead. I see. Uh, and he brought the first set of paintings to the U.S. in 1977. And I and several other people he showed them to were very excited about them. Mm-hmm. And we tried to figure out, well, what should we do with them? And we decided what we would do was to put on exhibitions and put on sales, sell mm-hmm. as many paintings as we could. And then when he went back to India again, to Madhubani, to continue with the project, he would distribute the profits from those sales to the artists whose paintings had gotten sold. When we started to set up the first exhibitions, though, mm-hmm. we realized that we didn't want people to pay us checks or money for the paintings, Uh, because then it would get caught up in our own taxes and our own income, which we didn't want. So we created the Ethnic Arts Foundation so it would receive the money, Hmm. uh, and and we would just empty the account, essentially, every time that Raymond went back to India to make the payments to the the artists. Uh, And that's how it began. Uh, And at that time, there were about five or six of us. Now there are about a dozen or 14 people who are directly involved in the different aspects of what the foundation does. Wow. And currently you are serving as the director of the foundation. Currently I'm, I'm the director. I'm the president. As the, but, mm-hmm. but we work as a collaborative. It's, it's, very, it's, it's a very flat organization. Everybody does different things and everybody sure. contributes. Yes. And you are talking about the school. So can you tell us more about the school there well, in India? The school, uh, the school only began in 2003. Uh, okay. What happened was that Raymond uh, Owens was going back and forth between mm-hmm. uh, the U.S. For a while, he was teaching at Texas, and then he was living in New York, and he would go back and forth on his own or with fellowships for research projects. Uh, and he would buy paintings, bring them back. We'd put on exhibitions, and then he'd bring them back the sale from the profits uh, that had come out of the exhibitions. Um, and he went back and forth seven or eight times. And then in 1999, he went back for a long, for six months, for a long stay, uh, but became very ill, uh, came back to the States, and in two, middle of 2007, in 2000, excuse me, mm-hmm. um, he died. Uh, and the artists were very upset because, of course, he was a major source of income and support and yes. encouragement. Of uh, but, um, uh, but we thought, and we were very sad because the project looked like it was coming to an end mm-hmm. without him. And then about a year later, a year after he died, uh, we got a phone call from a lawyer saying that he had left uh, 20% of his estate uh, to continue the the Ethnic Arts Foundation. Wow. And so I and two other people, mm-hmm. Professor Joe Elder from the University of Wisconsin, who had been working with us, mm-hmm. and a man by the name of Parmeshwar Jha, who was uh, an economist teaching at Rutgers, uh, but who was originally from Madhubani. Uh, the three of us went back together to Madhubani mm-hmm. uh, to tell the artists uh, we would continue doing what Ray was doing, mm-hmm. but what else was needed? Because we had a little money now from his bequest. And what we learned was that, once again, the the um, dealers were taking advantage of the painters, were exploiting the painters, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, most troubling, that the young women in the communities, in the villages, and in the towns around there uh, mm-hmm. were no longer interested in painting. 
they didn't want to learn to paint from their mothers. Yes. Uh, that was just too traditional. They wanted mm-hmm. to study commerce or uh, computers or exactly. go to the cities or do yes. something more modern. Mm-hmm. And so we asked if, well, did they, people think that if we set up a formal art school, mm-hmm. would that get people would get get young women attracted to the painting tradition because the art school would have serious uh, master painters there, not just their mothers. Uh, And uh, people said, well, yes, maybe it would work, uh, maybe for two or three years. Uh, And so we set up an art school, uh, taking advantage of the fact that there was a one painter, a young man by the name of Santosh Kumar Das, Mm -hmm. uh, who had gone to art school in Baroda. And okay. he'd gotten a Bachelor of Fine Arts, so he at least knew what an art school was like. And we asked him if he would be the director of the school. And he agreed. Santosh he, Kumar Das. Uh, Santosh Kumar Das. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Santosh was the director of the school for five years. Uh, the school that we thought might last two or three is now in its 12th year. Wow. Uh, in just a few days, they'll be taking the um, the students or applicants will be taking the exam in the competition to get into the school. Uh, so it's lasted far more than we imagined. And the first year in 2002, in 2003, when we started the school, mm-hmm. um, we had 118 people show up, almost all of them young women between 17 and 25. Uh, I think there were three or four boys who also also applied. And uh, are those people from the nearby villages? They or were from the area? yeah, from the nearby. They, mm-hmm. they were from mostly from the nearby villages. Mm-hmm. Uh, Santosh and uh, a couple of other people had gone around to the villages, sort of letting people know that the school was opening up, and that what if you were interested, you had to come uh, and do a painting in a four-hour time period. You'd have to come on a particular day, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, They should bring, we told people, they should bring whatever painting materials they used. We would provide paper. Okay. uh, And they had four hours to do a painting of their choice. Mm -hmm. uh, And then at the end of the four hours, all of those paintings uh, were collected and given to a panel of artists to uh, decide where they saw talent. Now, mm-hmm. none of these paintings had names on them. They didn't, the artists didn't know whose paintings okay. was whose. Mm-hmm. Everybody had just been assigned a number. Uh, so there was no, nothing about, uh, you know, having my niece or my nephew or my sure. daughter. Uh, they, they didn't know who did which painting. Yes. And they chose uh, 25 students out of the, that 100, 118 that had initially applied. Mm-hmm. And the school then had a curriculum, uh, which is essentially the same now. It's evolved a little bit, in which uh, the students get trained first in control of the materials, in drawing, in line drawing, a little bit of, of um, anatomy, uh, and then the traditional iconography, the traditional images. It was surprising to us that many of the, many of the students didn't mm-hmm. know what, how to draw Durga or Sita or yes. Ram, or mm-hmm. uh, they had to learn what, uh, you know, what Ram looked like and, and yes. different ways of making Krishna's flute. Uh, there, there was a lot of learning of, of their own uh, symbolism and iconography yes. that was necessary, but they learned. 
Sure. Uh, so here I'd like to interrupt. And before we go into the details, could you please tell our listeners about the art of Madhubani so they get a better idea of the school we are talking about? Okay. Well, the uh, painting tradition goes back, according to literature, mm-hmm. to at least the 14th century and perhaps even earlier. But 14th century, we know there are literary references to the art form. Mm -hmm. And it was done primarily on the occasion of marriages and other major ritual ceremonies. And it was done on the walls Mm -hmm. uh, with what people called natural colors, colors that were could be taken from from flowers and berries and and the soil and bark and various, various um, uh, things that were out in nature. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they would be painted... They would paint uh, essentially two different kinds of images. They would paint images of of uh, gods and goddesses yes. who they would like to have present at a ritual event, mm-hmm. uh, and, and particularly at marriages. Yes, uh, and also something called the kobar, which is a large symbol, uh, which is a complex symbol, which shows usually in the center a an image of uh, a lotus pond. Uh, with many flowers around, uh, and uh, that represents both uh, female beauty and female fecundity. It was all the things that the bride should be, Uh, and it was a very beautiful image Mm -hmm. and very, very reasonably consistent across across, uh, the traditions. And then alongside it, they would have an image of a bamboo, which was the male symbol, and uh, it represented the male line, uh, and the the as the artists themselves would joke about about bamboo grows very quickly mm-hmm. uh, and straight and fast, uh, okay. and they were they were sort of playing with the uh, with the idea of, of what the bamboo represented. But they talk about it quite freely. These are women who are talking about it quite okay. freely. This is, it's very much a women's tradition. It's the the mitil. Uh, scholars that are famous all over India were tended to be the men. Uh, mm-hmm. And they were the poets and the theologians and the scholars. And the women were the painters. It was almost a division of labor. Okay. And the women handled the domestic rituals and the men handled, handled the scholarship in the, in the, in the community. Mm. Um, and so you had the gods and goddesses painted in, a, in the room where the marriage was to be consummated. Yes. And you had this big image of the beauty of the uh, fecundity and fertility of the of the, of the woman hmm. and the and the uh, male and the male line that she was she was now joining, and that continued f- from the 14th century at least uh, right up into the 1960s, and it is still done today. Uh, people are still using these paintings. Now, though, instead of painting directly on the walls. Very often, Mm -hmm. they will simply commission an artist to paint these same images on paper, and they pin them on the walls. Uh, And I've asked many of the artists and many people there, does it have the same value to have have uh, just a painting on on paper on Mm -hmm. the wall? And everybody insists, yes, it does. It is. It's not the fact that it's painted on the wall, but it's the having the the, the god or the goddess Gods. and the image in the room, yes. in, in the yes. in the presence mm-hmm. of the of the ritual. And whether it's on paper or on the wall doesn't matter doesn't. to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was uh, those paintings that first went onto paper. When they first began putting the paintings on paper, uh, they painted the kobar 
uh-huh. and the gods and goddesses. Uh, and then they began to paint scenes from the Ramayana, which hadn't been on the walls before. That's okay. the epic. Uh-huh. And then they began painting village scenes, and then they began to paint stories about their own lives. Uh, and now they're doing paintings about all of these things that I just mentioned. So now they have evolved into different the, areas. In and different yes. themes, different mm-hmm. issues, different subjects, yes. including terrorism and global warming the and pollution. And very contemporary. Mm-hmm. But they're still doing the traditional paintings as well. They haven't lim- It's not a complete transfer from one to the other. And you were talking about the... Uh, students who are still trying to do the old paintings and they were not able to... That's right. Yes. They had to be taught oh, okay. how to do the, the old paintings. Some of them knew a little bit uh-huh. uh, about how to do the paintings, but not very much. And I, I was surprised, and, and, and Santosh was surprised at how much they had to, to be taught about their own iconography. Now, this is early 2000s. Okay. Um, and uh, these were young women who, uh, you know, knew there was Durga and knew there was Krishna, Uh but they had never really sort of studied what they looked like and what their attributes were, uh, and they didn't have the details of of those figures. And so the first thing that we decided that people, they needed to know their own tradition much more fully Uh before they could begin to do paintings on other subjects. The first six months of Uh the school, it's a a year-long program, um, and it's totally free. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it, the foundation supports the this the um, the school. Mm-hmm. Um, the first six months really con- is focused on sort of heavy teaching of the iconography, of the control of the lines, the the um, uh, the traditions of of, of Mithila culture. Mm-hmm. And then in the second six months, and it varies a little bit from year to year and from student to student, but basically the second six months, the students are free to paint whatever they would like to paint, okay. un- always under with the supervision of the teacher, of course, or teachers. Since the beginning, as I mentioned, uh, Santosh uh, Kumar Das was the director, and he was the pretty much the sole teacher. There were a few other people who were brought in to teach specific things. Um, for the first five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, since then, we've had uh, four different women uh, painters who, as the as the teachers, mm-hmm. um, uh, from different castes, from different different tra- different tra- painting traditions. There are multiple traditions within the painting the, oh. within within the Middle East style. Some of them are called line paintings, Kachni paintings, uh, which. Uh, really depend on very fine line work. And mm-hmm. others are barwa paintings, color paintings or filled paintings, okay. uh, which are very uh, depend really on broad areas of color within lines. But the, the lines are, are, are silhouettes more than, than the, the actual subject of the painting. Oh, okay. And that's how it really began, mm-hmm. uh, except that there was a third tradition mm-hmm. that also began at about the same time, a little bit later, the Dusad community in the area. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the Dusad started painting when they saw the the, the Barwa paintings uh, of the Brahmins, uh, and uh, they began. They developed a style of their own, uh, and then a German folklorist and uh, um, filmmaker came to the area and suggested to the women that they could use uh, as icons for their paintings 
the tattoos which they they wore. They have many tattoos on on their body and on their arms and often on their forehead. Oh, okay. uh, and they could actually paint with those. Uh-huh. So, uh, so there were three different traditions going simultaneously uh-huh. at the beginning. This is I'm talking about the 1970s and early 80s. Yeah. By now these have merged. Uh, people use different people use different different styles and they mix up the styles. They're not, they're uh, some of them are quite pure still. Some of them uh, really combine the, the styles. Uh, so that what used to be different cast related styles <laughs> the lines the line paintings tended to be from the kayast community the barwa paintings tended to be from the brahmins <laughs> and the the tattoo paintings tended to be from the dusad but that's all mixed up now uh they've they've lost those specificities and uh People draw on all three, uh, depending on the, what what they're painting and how they're feeling. Wow! And you're talking about the tattoos, so that's called Gondna, and people have that's right. Yes, Gondna right? painting. Yes, yeah. yes. So that is inspired by the tattoos they had. Right now, the students are coming from all the different castes. It's no longer limited to those three castes. Those were it began with those three castes. But now, there and it's interesting in the art form there is caste systems. So there mm-hmm. were Brahmins and then Ka- there Ka- were Kayas and then and Dusad. Dusad. And Dusad. That's how it began. It's okay. N- but now at the school, wow. uh, we get uh, students from all the different castes. It, the, the caste system has broken down. The motto of the school is: We don't. The only caste we believe in is artist. Definitely, and that's that, how it should be, yeah, right? Yeah. But it's. I know it's surprising to find out that it was there. Yeah, that's that. It began as, as because the caste really had, mm. had different traditions, and Definitely. they were sep- they yeah. were separate from one another in in all sorts of ways. Uh, but now it's it's changing. We had just one example. Mm-hmm. Uh, after five years of mm-hmm. the school in in two thousand and eight. Uh, we had a big graduation ceremony for the first five years of, of, of students in the, at the school. Okay. Uh, and uh, we hired a big hall in Madhubani town. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, 110, 115 uh, graduates came to that with their, brought their families. It was a big ceremony. Mm-hmm. And we had uh, the leaders of the town uh, and a number of the painters give out the certificates to the students one by one. They would come up to a stage and receive the Mm -hmm. certificates. And uh, several of the artists who were giving out the certificates were Dusat, were Dalits. Okay. Uh, And what happened was that one by one, these young women were coming up. Mm -hmm. Many of them were high caste young women from the Brahmins and Kayast communities, and they would receive their their certificate from the 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 Dusan, from the Dalit, yeah. the Dalit, and bend down and touch their feet <laughs> in respect. Wow. And the first time that happened, there was a, <gasps> a <Uproar>. breath yes. <laughs> in, in the room that this had ne- they'd never seen this happen before. But yes. then after it was over, mm-hmm. several people came up to us and said, "You know, not only have you taught them them te- um, painting." but you've broken the caste barriers. And that is such a big and, thing. And, and artists, and then we said, yes, artists are the only caste that we believe in. But this ha- we didn't realize this was going to happen. This was, this was just happened naturally. I mean, no one had been prompted. Wonderful. Uh, we just, it just, there it was all of a sudden. Yes. So uh, the teachers here, they are the trained teachers who have already been 
doing this art and they teach the students? Yes. The um, the teachers have been, well, the first one was Santosh Kumar Das, yes, who yes. would be actually go to art school. Yes. None of the other teachers have gone to art school. <laughs> uh, the other teachers were uh, a woman by the name of Shashikala Devi, <laughs> who had taught at um, uh, Rishi Valley uh, okay. uh, School uh, for a number of years and uh-huh. retired back to Madhubani. She's, she's originally from Madhubani, but she'd been, she had been an, an art teacher herself. <laughs> uh, she taught for a number of years, five, five or six years. Uh, and then we also hired a, one young woman by the name of Sony, <laughs> uh, who was a graduate of the school. She had graduated from the school, a very fine artist, uh, and she taught for three years. Uh, and then subsequently, we've hired two other teachers, uh, a woman by the name of Rani Ja, uh, who is an, an avid, a fine, fine painter, but also an avid feminist. And okay. so she's brought a lot of feminist issues um, into, the, into, the, into the paintings. But they were there already uh-huh. uh, in the contemporary art. Uh-huh. Uh, and a woman by the name of Dulari Devi, uh-huh. who's from the Fisher cast. Uh, and if you ask anybody in Madhubani uh, about uh, the Fisher cast, they say, oh, they don't paint. Okay. But she turns out to be one of the best painters around. Wow. Uh, and she's just, well, two years ago now, uh-huh. uh, published her autobiography in paintings. Dulari Devi. Dulari Devi has oh. painted her. Uh, it's published by uh, Tara Press. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called, called Following My Paintbrush. Uh, and she's told her life story up to that time uh, in paintings. Wow. Uh, uh, and it's a beautiful book. It won a prize in a German uh, book, book fair. Yes. Uh, and uh, she's, she's now teaching at the school as well. So the, even the, the mix of the teachers is, 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 is keeps changing, and it will probably change again in the future. And then you talked about Rani Jha, and Rani Jha is visiting you as Rani, very soon, right? That's right. Rani is coming to, there's going to be a, a symposium at, at Syracuse University at the end of February, mm-hmm. uh, February 27 to... Uh, March 1st, I believe it is. Okay. Uh, and uh, it's a symposium on the trans- the transitions in folk art in India. It's not just about middle of paintings, but the, uh, I'll be giving a paper on the middle of paintings, on the changes that have taken place mm-hmm. over the years in the middle of paintings. Uh, and there'll be people from from other artistic traditions, other folk traditions that have become contemporary art forms over the course of the years. Um, and uh, Rani Jha was invited to come to that, and she's going to be giving workshops both at Syracuse University and several schools in the Syracuse area. Mm-hmm. We're worried Syracuse in, in the fall is, mm-hmm. is, is usually a foot deep in snow, which she's never seen before, so it's going to be a, an interesting be an occasion an for, for, for her. For her. <laughs> but she'll be there for two weeks okay. uh, at, the end, at the end of February and the beginning of, of, of March. Yes, and I I think here we'll take a little break and uh, we'll hear from Rani Jha, her views about this Okay, you shall indeed. (laughs) Sure. Because I'm a mother of a child, I'm a mother of a child, I'm a mother of a child, and I'm a mother of a child. किस तरह से ये अनुमान करने वाली बात है और मुझे लगता था कि सब मुझे कहते हैं कि देखने में अच्छी नहीं है कैसे इसकी शादी होगी 
तो मैं ऐसा कुछ करूंगी फिर शादी हो गई मैट्रिक के बाद ससुराल गई तो मैंने अल्पना बनाया जमीन पर तो मेरी सास आई और देख करके बोली आह कितना बढ़िया लगता है जैसे गहना हो मेरा मन एकदम खुश हो गया कि जी नहीं अच्छा मैंने बनाया और मैंने दीदी को भी बनाते हुए देखा था दीवार वगैरह पर तो खून में तो मेरा था ही तो फिर मैंने कागज पर बनाना शुरू किया उसको और जब मैं नाइन्टी में मधुबनी आई तो एज ए पेंटर मैं यहाँ नहीं थी मैंने ग्रेजुएसन तब तक कर लिया था और सेवा मिथिला में मैं केस हिस्ट्री राइटर के पोस्ट पे मैं वहाँ काम करने लगी मैं वहाँ पेंटिंग नहीं बना सकती थी लेकिन आँख तो नहीं बंद रख सकती थी वहाँ पेंटिंग का काम तो होता ही था कलाकार महिलाएं तो आती ही थी मैं सबको देखती थी जो कैसे क्या बनता है नहीं बनता उसको आकर के घर पर प्रैक्टिस करती थी लेकिन उस समय हो नहीं पाता था बच्चे छोटे छोटे थे घर में खाना बनाना फिर बच्चों को संभालना हस्बैंड कितना मदद करते फिर भी उन्होंने बहुत बहुत ज़्यादा मदद की और ये भी डर था कि मेरी नौकरी ना चली जाए ये भी डर मुझे होता था कि अगर मुझे एज ए आर्टिस्ट मैं अपने को इस्टेब्लिश करूं तो मुझे मेरी नौकरी का खतरा हो जाएगा ये भी बात थी तो इसलिए मैं उसको चुपचाप अपने अंदर से और जब लगा कि नौकरी से पेट भरने वाला नहीं है बच्चे बड़े हो रहे हैं इतना कम पैसा है बाहर रहना तो मरता क्या ना करता नहीं वाली बात होती है तो वही अभाव ने मेरे अंदर के कलाकार को धीरे धीरे उकसाना शुरू किया आर्ट इंस्टीट्यूट में भी एक अपना उसका है मतलब सिलेबस से, सेमेस्टर चलता है मतलब सारा कुछ सिस्टम से है तो उसमें उसके हिसाब से तो चलाती हूँ उसके बाद मैं हमेशा उन लोगों को बातचीत भी करती हूँ और कहती हूँ कि अगर कोई भी ट्रेडिशनल पेंटिंग रामायण बनाती हैं महाभारत बनाती हैं उसमें कोई गलत चीज़ नहीं दीजिए अगर पूरी तरह जो बात मालूम है वही बनाइए अब आप कृष्ण के हाथ में अगर धनुष बांध दे दीजिएगा तो बिल्कुल गलत हो जाएगा तो कृष्ण को समझिए राम को समझिए और दूसरी बात अभी समाज में क्या हो रहा है उसको पॉजिटिवली कैसे आप दिखा सकती हैं आप दिखाइए जब मैं देखती थी समाज में कि महिलाओं को कैसे ये अलग बात है कि यहाँ की महिलाएं बहुत ही ज़्यादा सहनशील होती हैं और उसके चलते उनको और दबाओ और दबाओ और दबाओ एक सीमा तक ठीक है एक सीमा तक चल सकता है लेकिन बहुत ज़्यादा नहीं ठीक होता है तो मैंने देखा था मैंने खुद भी अपने साथ देखा था तो मैं वहीं से आई मैं उसी मिथिला की बेटी हूँ तो मैं कभी भी ऐसा नहीं कि निगेटिव रोज उसको गाली दे दो उसको ये कर दो वो दो नहीं मेरे पास ये है मुझे बोलने का एक सशक्त माध्यम है मेरे पास मेरे मैं कर सकती हूँ इसको मैं लिख सकती हूँ मैं पेंटिंग बना सकती हूँ और मैंने यही माध्यम अपनाया और इसीलिए मेरे पेंटिंग में आप देखिएगा पर्दे को चीरती हुई औरत निकल रही है और भी जो भी पेंटिंग्स है उसमें मैं यही कारण है कि मैं महिलाओं से संबंधित जो बात मैं समाज से लड़के नहीं कर सकती हूँ वो मैं पेंटिंग के माध्यम से उसको दिखाने की कोशिश करती हूँ दैट वॉज रानी झा फॉरस एंड वी आर रियली लुकिंग फॉरवर्ड टू हर यू एस ए ट्रिप दिस इज के जी एस यू स्टैंड फॉर नाइन्टी पॉइंट वन एफ एम आई एम प्रांजली एंड वी आर इन कन्वर्सेशन विथ प्रोफेसर डेविड सेंटर सो वी आर वी वर टॉकिंग अबाउट द डिफरेंट फॉर्म्स एंड वेरियस पेंटिंग्स 
David. So do you have uh, any favorite painting or uh, any painting which really stands out for you and you want to tell us about it? Because definitely this is a radio show, but I can put the painting on my blog and when you talk about it, we can have a look and we can enjoy that. Well, uh, yes, I can. there are a set of paintings which I'd be uh, move me a great deal and I think are absolutely fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's an ancient figure in the Indian tradition far beyond Mittal called the Ardhanarishvara, Mm-hmm. which is a figure, a single figure of Shiva and Parvati together, but as, as a single figure. Usually, Ardhanarishvara, yes. Yes, it's, yes. It's, you, you know it as well, I'm sure. Yes, most, yes. In, most Indians know it as well. Mm-hmm. And what it symbolizes is the interdependence and complementarity of the male and the female of, of, uh, in, in the gods. One of the, and uh, it's a subject which is frequently painted by the, the painters, the, they, they paint the Ardhanarishvara. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the painters uh, by the name of Shalini Kumari mm-hmm. uh, did an extraordinary painting which shows two female figures instead of one male and one female. Uh, and she called it um, Women as Radiant, Women as Submissive. And it's a painting oh, okay. which shows one of the figures with a radiant aura coming from her head and from her, from her, and but out into a gray and difficult world. And mm-hmm. she said, women in India have power, they have radiance, they have like Shakti, the notion Shakti, of Shakti yes. uh, comes out into the world, but the world in fact is dominated by men and is difficult for them. Mm. On the other side of this, of this single figure, uh, it shows her with her head bowed down and there's a huge naga over her head and one that's surrounding her body. And she said that men control us physically and they control us socially and they control, control us politically. We have to give obeisance to them and that men really dominate women. In at the same time that we have this power, we're also dominated. And uh, what you see in the painting as well is the head of a snake coming out of her forehead And I asked her, what is that? Mm -hmm. And she looked at me and she said, and they have captured our minds. (gasps) Now, she's taken the the Ardhanarishvara and uh, turned it into a basis for a feminist statement about uh, the the position of women in in, uh, the society. That is beautiful. Uh, Because see, Ardhanarishvara, we just associate with Shiv and Parvati. And here, the artist has her own take. and She's, uh, she's moved it on. Mm-hmm. Then another young woman, mm-hmm. uh, Amrita, uh, Amrita Jha, mm-hmm. uh, did an, a painting of two snails okay. together mm-hmm. in the same kind of a relationship ah. uh, with their antenna up. It's a very clever, funny, beautifully executed painting. Mm -hmm. And when I asked her about it, because I was puzzled by this, she said to me, well, if male and female are interdependent and complementary among the gods, and it's true among people, Mm -hmm. it must be true throughout nature, even in snails. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And these three paintings sort of go as a kind of a set. 
uh, because you can see the transition from the very traditional image of the Ardner Vishwana to the feminist issue to yes. this very general notion that male and female are interdependent with one another, even in snails. Wow, and uh, it's interesting and, to see how it evolves. Yeah, wow. And this mm-hmm. is the kind of thing that's been go- going on in, in the painting tradition. Uh, and that's a very serious one. There are others where they're uh, both sort of politically critical. There are a lot of paintings now, mm-hmm. uh, still a minority, but there are a lot of paintings about very contemporary issues, about um, uh, terrorism, about pollution, mm-hmm. about global warming, uh, about um, desertification, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and, I, and, and uh, a lot of paintings on women's issues. Um, there's an extraordinary painting by Ronnie Ja, for example, mm-hmm. uh, of a, an abortion clinic. Okay. Uh, and the terror of a little girl because her she sees that her mother is about to have an abortion and she's about to the little girl is about to to lose her 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 sister, or her unborn sister. That is sad. Uh, yes. It's a very sad painting in, in a, with a bloody red background and a and a doctor, uh, a woman doctor in in a coil of a naga. Uh, it's a, it's a very dramatic painting. Mm-hmm. Um, about abortion. And Rani Ja was originally trained as a social worker. So she, she's been involved in working with families. She knows what the costs of uh, the female abortion. It's, of course, illegal, yes. but it's also very common in the area. Very common. It's the yeah. most burning issue right yeah, now in yeah. India. It's a terrible very issue. Very sad, yes. And she's done this brilliant painting of depicting the, the abortion clinic. Mm-hmm. But she's also just recently done a painting uh, which puzzled me when I first saw it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it shows a curtain. It's covered. The whole of the painting is is a is a curtain with little holes in it and eyes peeking through. And then right in the middle of the curtain, there's a f- breaking through breaking the curtain are a group of five women who are coming out of out from behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. And I asked her, "What is this?" Because it looked unlike any other Mithila painting I'd ever seen before. And she said, well, in the past, women could only peek from behind the curtain. But now we're joining forces, we're joining together, and we're breaking through the curtain. So you're getting these kinds of very strong feminist paintings uh, as a feminist issue. That's so encouraging, yes. Uh, And this is coming out of local folks. This is not something which they're being taught in the school. This is this is these are feelings and concerns and issues that the artists themselves uh, come up with. Sometimes those ideas are dormant, but they need a medium. They need some encouragement, and then it all comes out in a beautiful way. So has it changed? You were saying uh, in the beginning, people were not very interested. The girls were not interested in learning the art from their moms or doing this, and they wanted to do commerce and computers. Mm -hmm. So now you think there is a change? They all are kind of drawn into this? They want to do this, pursue this? Well, we we don't have a uh, a proper survey of this, but every year we now get 250 to 300 applicants for the 25 places at the school. That tells us that. And that, yes. and they're, they're young women coming mm-hmm. from villages far as 50 kilometers away wow. uh, who are interested in, in, mm-hmm. in, in learning the tradition. So that suggests that something has really changed. Um, and uh, 
so I think, yeah, I think the tradition has, has, is going to survive now. Mm-hmm. Um, there is this kind of impetus. A number of the artists have gone off to Delhi and, and Shalini Kumari, who did the two women that I mentioned a moment ago. Mm-hmm. She's going to Hyderabad. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another artist who's in in, uh, in Jaipur now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they are trying to establish themselves as artists. And we had a very big exhibition of what we call the new generation, this younger generation of artists, not just the ones from the, the school, but other young artists who have appeared as well from just from the villages. We had an exhibition in New Delhi uh, at the gallery that Arpana Kaur, who's a very famous painter herself, <laughs> yes. uh, she has a, a, an institute in South Delhi uh, near Siri Fort, uh, and she has a gallery there, which she turned over to us for this exhibition, and we had it there in the beginning of, of February this year. Mm-hmm. And it got a lot of press and a lot of coverage, um, and uh, uh, several of the artists have now, as a consequence, moved to Delhi uh, and are getting shows in Delhi. So it's, But they're staying within the middle of painting tradition. Another example of what mm-hmm. uh, an issue that came up, the most cited and photographed in uh, painting in that exhibition was done by another young woman, mm-hmm. uh, Supriya, uh, which shows a scene which is often painted in uh, nowadays. Again, I've seen six or seven paintings out of, out of hundreds mm-hmm. uh, of <clears throat> a bride in a house mm-hmm. uh, being burned. Yes. It's an image of uh, the husband pouring, the bride is, is kneeling down on the ground, the husband is pouring kerosene on her, and his his mother, mm-hmm. the mother-in-law, yes. is lighting a match. And it's we are a, talking about the dowry system, or the, the H pratha, we call exactly, it. Exactly, exactly. And mm-hmm. this is something which I think a lot of young women in, in uh, uh, Bihar and probably elsewhere in India... Mm-hmm are very concerned about. It doesn't happen very often, but it does but happen. But still it happens. But it yes, happens, and yes. they never know for sure if it isn't going to happen to them. Uh, and so it's a, it's a theme which you see in a number of paintings. But in this particular painting mm-hmm. that was in the exhibit, um, it also shows a group of women outside the house where this is taking place, protesting that mm-hmm. this shouldn't be happening. And... Two other women are leaning in a window from outside mm-hmm. and pouring kerosene on the mother-in-law. Interesting. Uh, and one of the protesting women from the outside is coming in the door with a match to light the mother-in-law. And I asked the young woman who was painting this. I saw it when she was almost finished. <clears throat> oh, so you were there when was, this yeah, painting was getting yeah, done? Yeah, but okay. it was just, it was almost finished. I could <laughs> see what it was. <laughs> I asked her about it, and I said, <coughs> excuse me, uh, has this ever happened? Mm-hmm. And she looked at me, and she said, no, but it should. <sighs> that the mother-in-law should be burned for what she was doing to the bride. Uh, and that painting was published in was, was photographed and published in lots of newspapers in Delhi, and, and then um, it caused quite a stir yes. because it really represented a, a uh-huh. very dramatic change. It wasn't just the bride being burned; it was people doing something about it. Yes, uh, and 
I'm a Gandhian and I believe in ahimsa, non-violence, <laughs> but I really want all the young women to know that no, they should not just keep quiet. They have to do something about right. it, definitely. Yeah. So. Yeah. so those are some of the the mm. the, the contem- contemporary paintings that are quite interesting. Yes. Um, there have been a number of paintings done of the uh, attack on the World Trade Towers. Uh, and not uh-huh. just by the young women. There is a, a magnificent uh, painting uh, of the uh, attack on the World Trade Towers on 9-11 mm-hmm. uh, by a woman who basically did uh, religious paintings all of her life. Okay. Uh, but she was so moved by that event that she did painting, a splendid painting uh, of these of the towers being attacked by the two planes and people running and the flames coming up. It's a painting which, when I first saw it, almost brought me to tears because it is so so dramatic and and, yes. and so stunning. And yet she's she lives in a village far away from the center of town. And see, uh, they're not talking just about the local issues, but they're talking about the global issues. Global issues. Yes, they're talking yes. about global issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Shalini Kumari did a, an extraordinary painting of the earth in the sort of in the lower left-hand corner of the painting, but quite large. And on the earth uh, is kneeling Mother Earth, mm-hmm. the goddess of, of, of the earth. Uh, and she's praying to the sun, who's in the upper right, to lower the temperature because the world is burning up with global warming. Uh, she has the capacity to use these traditional images, the traditional iconography for dealing with very contemporary issues. And this is not uncommon. Yes. So, David, when you tell about all these pictures, I want you to go on and on, and I want you to explain all the pictures. And here I would like to tell my listeners that you have a very beautiful book, Mithila Painting, The Evaluation of an Art Form. So, will you tell us more about this book? What all can we find in this book, and how did this idea come, and uh, well, the story behind it? The the book uh, has about uh, ninety paintings in it, uh, and it's divided into six or seven chapters. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was originally started as to be a catalog for an exhibition which we had in two thousand and seven at the India Habitat Center. Uh, yeah, for a two-week period. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we kept adding more and more paintings. And so the exhibition ultimately had uh, 154 paintings, more of, you know, many more paintings <laughs> than are in the book. So yes. it, can't, it can't be a catalog anymore. Uh, it, but even it started out as a catalog. It ended <laughs> up as, as, as a book. It's, it's a beautiful uh, book. But it, it uh, tells a little bit of the history of the painting tradition mm-hmm. uh, and then goes on to... Uh, provide chapters on the gods and the goddesses and how they were depicted, mm-hmm. and then on the marriage paintings, because the marriage was the, the biggest single ceremony which, which the paintings were done for, mm-hmm. uh, and still on paper. Most of the, many of the paintings are, are dealing with, with marriages. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a section on uh, the Dalit paintings, because mm-hmm. they had their own, their own tradition and their own stories that they were telling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a section on narratives, because one of the interesting things that happened with this tradition is that Mithila is filled with, with, as much of India is, filled with all kinds of folk stories and, and epics and, sure. and, and, and legends. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people began using the tradition to paint these legends and these stories in the, in the Ramayana uh, mm-hmm. and the Mahabharata uh, 
in series of paintings. Mm-hmm. Uh, series. Some some of them did you know fifteen, eighteen, twenty, twenty five paintings tell it to tell a whole long story. Uh, all each of the episodes in in the story. Mm-hmm. And um, so there's a whole section on the narrative tradition, okay. and then there's a, a section on the contemporary paintings on the on the paintings dealing with contemporary issues like mm-hmm. bride burning and and uh, world trade towers and the burning of the taj mahal that that that, that was a subject which a number of painters painters worked on uh, and then there's a brief afterward which talks about where it's going but that book uh as unique as it is there's nothing quite like it uh, uh, is also out of date already because that was written in 2006 and here we are in 2014. Uh, it's eight years, and eight years is a long time in in this tradition. Definitely, uh, people have been doing more and more paintings. None of the paintings that I've described, for example, uh, from the Art in Rishvara, they're none. Of, they're not. They're not in the book because they hadn't been done yet. <laughs> they're, they're all since then. Um, so you are in for next book now. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's what my wife keeps telling me. I've got to write another book. <laughs> but uh, I've been writing articles and, and publishing articles. There was a mm-hmm. a, um, a very nice twelve um, page uh, what they call a the thematic portfolio in the issue of Marg that came out in the spring of last year of twenty thirteen. Okay. Uh, the the first twelve pages of of that Marg uh, mm-hmm. is, is all about uh, the paintings for, by the students at the school. Wow. It's about the school and, and, mm-hmm. and, the, and their paintings. And right now I've just finished and been submitting to Marg another article which talks about the, the role of foreigners mm-hmm. in this painting tradition uh, because uh, the wall painting tradition went on inside people's homes Yes. And very few outsiders knew anything about it. People from mm-hmm. from Middleton knew about it, but that's all. Yes. And it wasn't until uh, the earthquake, the great Bihar earthquake of 1934, that the British collector, a mm-hmm. uh, guy by the name of W.G. Archer, uh, had to go around the villages and survey how much damage had been done by the earthquake. And because the exterior walls had fallen down in many places, he suddenly could see inside homes that he could never have gone into before. And all of a sudden, he saw these wall paintings. Uh, and he what was a way to discover the paintings. It was it was a, 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 mm. it was just a, an after effect of, of the of earthquake. the um, of the earthquake. Uh, and he then going around. He stayed in Bihar mm-hmm. uh, for the next uh, ten years. He was there. Uh, and through the 1930s and into the early 40s, before the Second World War, mm-hmm. uh, he photographed a lot of these paintings on the walls. He asked permission to go to people's homes and, and photograph them. Mm-hmm. And then in 1949, he wrote an article for Marg, the same art journal oh, in okay. India. Uh-huh describing these wall paintings. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that was the first publication. That was the first time that anybody outside of Mithila knew anything about the existence of these paintings. Uh, And um, the photographs have ended up at the British Library, but he also gave a set of them to Pupil Jayakar, who Mm. was then setting up in the the 1940s the All India Handicrafts Board. And... When the drought came that I mentioned earlier in, in Bihar, mm-hmm. uh, she in, uh, 
knew that there were these paintings in Madhubani, and she, it was she who called on a, an artist from Bombay, a guy by the name of, of um, Bhaskar Kulkarni, Mm-hmm. to go up to Madhubani and suggest to the women that they could put the paintings on paper, not just on the walls, and sell them and generate income, as I was talking about before. Wow. So Archer and then Pupil Jayakar and Kulkarni played major roles in it. But then other people did as well. Uh, this German um, folklorist I mentioned who worked with the Dusad. Uh, there was a gentleman from... Um, Patna, by the name of Maharati, who came there, and he got very interested and encouraged the artist for a few years. This is in the early 70s. And then Raymond Owens, my my colleague, Mm -hmm. uh, my late colleague, uh, came. And then there was a Japanese um, musician who came through, and he fell in love with the paintings by the name of um, Hashigawa. Mm -hmm. And Hashigawa then bought a bunch of paintings and set up a museum and a studio in Japan, a Mittler Painting Museum in Japan. It's the only museum in the world which is dedicated to Mittler Painting, and it's in the mountains of Japan, north of Tokyo. Japan has a museum? Wow, Wow. okay. And what he did uh, (laughs) was to invite artists two at a time to come to his museum and studio Mm -hmm. and paint for three months or six months or nine months. Uh, And he would pay them a stipend, have them paint, uh, and he would come two at a time. He would get them Indian food that that they needed, Mm -hmm. and they would cook their own food. These would be two women at a time. Mm -hmm. Uh, And um, he would then take them on tours of small cities around Japan Okay. And put on exhibitions and sell the paintings and use sell the paintings to pay for this whole operation because he had to pay their airfares and then the, and, mm-hmm. and their their food and so forth uh, and he would give them a stipend and I was talking with one of the artists uh, Bawa Devi uh, a couple of years ago she had just come back from six months there mm-hmm. and she'd come back with seventy two thousand rupees uh, uh, and she said you know that's more than she could have made. Had she stayed in India, mm-hmm, and she could concentrate on her painting. She didn't have to worry about her family problems and a difficult son and, and the, all the, <laughs> <laughs> the difficulties of living in India. Yes. <laughs> she could just concentrate fully. Yes. Uh, so there have been outsiders uh, as well as insiders. The, 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 the artistry comes from the, the, um, the artists themselves. Definitely. But there have been various outsiders who've fallen in love with these paintings for one reason or another. And uh, one such artist is our French friend. Is our French friend. Would you like to tell us more about her? This is an, 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 um, an extraordinary thing. A woman by the name of Martine Lecoz, <laughs> C-O-Z, um, found out about these paintings somehow, I don't even know how, about three or four years ago. And she went to Madhubani and she fell in love with the paintings. She's not only a painter herself in France and and a serious painter, but she's a novelist and a poet uh, and a well-regarded artist in India, in 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 France. France. And uh, she decided to go back a second time and interview a lot of the artists. Ultimately, she interviewed 25 different artists Mm -hmm. about their lives and their paintings, and she wrote a book in French, and she did for each of these artists a portrait in her own style, but it's in a style which is uh, influenced by the Middle style. 
It's a combination. It's a fusion between Kate. her French style and Middle style painting mm -hmm. uh, for each of the artists that she interviewed and some other art illustrations as mm -hmm. well. And she brought along her son-in-law, who's a photographer. Mm -hmm. uh, and so the book has a bunch of photographs at the end, but is is mostly her interviews of, of, and impressions of the, the, the artists them, themselves. Beautiful book. Published in France. It's in French, not, <laughs> not in English. It's in <laughs> French. Um, but uh, it's, it's, it's available from France. Um, and then she also fell in love with the school that we have. Yes. And she produced, uh, out of the goodness of her heart, uh, 42 paintings of the 42 letters and the, of the Devanagari alphabet. So that is something very dear to my heart because I'm fortunate enough to work with you on those. So let's talk about <laughs> the alphabets. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what she did was take each single letter uh, mm -hmm. and then uh, paint the letter itself and then add an image uh, which would go with it, which had something to do with that, that letter, uh, the, a, a Hindi word, which <laughs> began with that particular letter. Definitely. Uh, and they're stunningly beautiful. And she's given them to us, to the Ethnic Arts Foundation, to generate income for the Middle Art Institute. Mm -hmm. uh, and we're in the early phases, as you know better than I do, <laughs> uh, of making, uh, making, turning them into, for the first thing, as kind of flashcards for, 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 for teaching. Yes. Uh, but also we're going to make prints of them because they're, these are beautiful art pieces. Beautiful art pieces. Uh, yes, and yes. they're very varied, but each one has a cultural meaning as well as, as, a, um, as a, the providing an image of the letter itself. And it will be wonderful for teaching. Yes, uh, and here I would like to tell all my students and all the fellow Hindi teachers that these cards are very different. First thing, they're beautiful pieces of art. Plus, generally when we teach, we use very common things to tell the words or the, to tell about the starting letter of the word. For instance, uh, uh, we will say anar. But here in the paintings, we have something special. We have Gandhiji's picture, and we are talking about Ahinsa. Or for A, we have Airavat, the elephant, instead of Anak. So that will be really, really interesting for the students. And of course, they are beautiful pieces of art. And uh, David, very soon we are going to finish the project, and uh, people will be able to uh, buy them, right? We are right. going to put uh, them on Facebook. Yeah. They'll be, on, they'll be available through Facebook and, uh, and probably other sources as well. There have been inquiries from India as well as to distribution for them there uh -huh. as, as well. So this is kind of a fundraiser, right? And I would like to know that, yes, we need a lot of time and dedication to uh, for such an important cause, but money is also important. So uh, how do you generate money to support this artist? Is there some kind of funding available in India or here? Funding has always been a problem. We did, I mentioned at the beginning, that I mentioned that uh, uh, Raymond Owens had left a bequest. Yes. And that lasted about the first three years. Of after course, yes. That, the, mm -hmm. And then it ran out. Yeah. Um, uh, fortunately, at that point, uh, the ambassador from Luxembourg mm -hmm. 
saw some of these paintings and he fell in love with them and he had a social a social development fund at the embassy so he gave us support for two more years mm-hmm. and then the Ford Foundation came along and gave us another year's worth of support okay. uh, and then we had a fundraising drive among the the uh, board members and people who had bought paintings and that covered another year's another year's support for the school because mm-hmm. we wanted to keep the school free um, and so we really have we have the expenses of running the school and paying the teachers and mm-hmm. buying buying the materials and the whole the whole thing is uh, and uh, uh, so it's been catch as catch can until about two years ago mm-hmm. uh, we had tried getting funding from various sources from corporations in India but with no success mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, two years ago um, I met an a woman who knew someone who had recently retired from Tata Steel, who was very interested in art. Mm-hmm. And she said, send him a proposal for the school. Okay. And I sent it to him, and he passed it on to the director of Tata Steel. And within a month, we got a three-year grant. Wow. And so we're now, we're now in the middle of a three-year grant. Uh, okay. So we have... We're, we're using up the second year now, uh, but we have one more year to go. Mm-hmm. And we're hoping that the the cards uh, mm-hmm. and the sale of the alphabet images uh, will generate the, the future funding so that we're not dependent upon um, outside funding. Because we all of this work that, that all of us who are involved in is totally pro bono, and no one has made a, a penny out of this. My sense is that the kind of thing that we were doing, that we've been doing with the middle of paintings, could be done and mm-hmm. in, has to be adjusted to the local circumstances in every case, of course. It's not a, it's not a cookie cutter, it's, yes. but it's, a, it's, a, it's a, an adaptable model. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and uh, that, uh, and what it, the, what the model calls for is one having real respect for the artists, yes. two a school mm-hmm. with which is run by serious artists for mm-hmm. and for people who have talents and are, are interested in, in really studying their own art, mm-hmm. uh, and three some kind of a marketing system so that the the generates income because the artists need patrons as all over the Definitely. world for, forever. You yes, artists, yes. For artists to survive, they've got to make a living mm-hmm. uh, at their art. And so there have to be people who are interested in buying the, buying the paintings uh, and supporting the system. And we'd love to get something like that uh, up and running uh, and not just uh, – and it wouldn't be the Ethnic Arts Foundation alone. It would be all sorts of organizations, I'm sure, coming together to produce this kind of network of people doing this kind of work. Yes. Uh, that would be a marvelous next step if we, if we can make Definitely. it happen. It's, it's, uh, we're working on it. <laughs> we're yes. working on you it. have made the difference. You have brought the change. But still there is so much more to do. Absolutely. And I wish you all the best. And I hope that Ethnic Art Foundation does many things in the area of Mithila art and all the other art forms in India. Well, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure talking with you about this, as you know. Uh, And um, uh, it's a labor of love that uh, we just carry on and hope we can find enough other people who get excited about it to carry it on even more widely. Definitely. All the best, and thank you for all your time today. And I wish you good luck. (laughs) Thank you.